Hello, everybody. I'm Anne Marie Eigner. Welcome back to Truck Tales, our podcast uh, that we try to keep up with on a monthly basis. Kind of excited, actually, that 2020 is over or almost over. Um, and uh, so far, we're healthy. We hope and really hope that you are as well. Um, we've been a ex- pretty busy year, uh, considering that uh, the food trucks were basically off the road. Unfortunately, many of them are off the road permanently, but we've been uh, lucky enough to pivot a bit with a new program, Neighborhood Streets, bringing food trucks to neighborhoods, um, trying to help folks who've been quarantined, unable to get out of their house or unwilling uh, to get out of their house. Uh, Clearly, uh, the restaurants are desperately in need of help. We know that um, and we totally support that, but so are the food trucks and they're not getting a whole lot of love. So we're delighted that we're able to uh, to do a little bit for some of the trucks in New England, at least. We know many of the trucks around the country have uh, have pivoted, and we've been uh, trying to stay in touch with many of them if we can. So um, I'm here now with my business partner, my longtime business partner, Janet Prensky. Say hello. Hello. Um, and um, we'll quickly give you a review of the programs that we are still doing Um, and then introduce you to some interesting folks uh, as well and wish you a very happy, safe holiday season. So uh, this is an abbreviated Truck Tales podcast now, uh, but I've already mentioned the Neighborhood Streets program. I'll also mention that we have a new program, fundraising program, for uh, PTOs. We realized, of course, that schools are hard-pressed to raise money fundraising uh, nowadays, So we have created something called Streets for Schools. We add an additional charge to each meal. Uh, The PTOs from around this area uh, are very excited about it because uh, they get their families uh, to order and uh, to support them with just a few extra dollars per meal. So both of those programs are available at foodtruckventures.com, our new name. We have sold our festival business, and certainly those of you who are following us around the country looking for food truck festivals will be hearing from the new owner of that company. Um, And then, Janet, uh, share a little bit about um, the Food Truck to Go uh, division of our company. Um, I would also add on your uh, streets that any charity can do it. Sure. It doesn't have to be a PTA, even though obviously you've started that and you've named it... uh, streets for schools but still i've heard from many nonprofits that are interested in finding ways to raise money because the uh old ways just are not relevant anymore because you can't go door to door um and people are looking for creative um alternatives and i think this program offers that i just spoke to a nonprofit honestly like five minutes ago who was like gonna log on and see if she can do it you're absolutely right so we should change our name to schools for you Streets for you. I mean, streets for you. Yes, streets <laughs> yes. for you. Yes, streets for anyone. Doesn't have streets to be for just for schools. That's but, right. Right. But I, I, I get that that's where it started. But I did want to bring that up. Yes, thank you. And then uh, food truck to go, which obviously again, uh, not only offers the food trucks the ability to uh, continue to earn a living because they're doing uh, corporate catering, which is what food truck to go is, but we've also gotten just a lot of calls from office building and large offices who used to have, let's say, a cafe inside, which can't operate at this moment, and they want to offer staff something 
So, you know, sometimes it's once a month, sometimes it's once a week. Maybe a holiday a, party. Maybe a holiday party. Or a New Year's party. Or in February, we have this wonderful all desserts Valentine's Day concept. You can have, you know, all dessert trucks over for just a fun afternoon. And people come down. They come down to the correct number of people. If it's Massachusetts, for example, it's 50 people. They come down. They get their meal. They go back inside. It's a moment of socialization. It's a moment of getting some fun food. You know, I, we and should, it just makes your day better. We should add that all orders are in advance online for all of our programs. Except for, uh, food, except truck. for, except for food trucks to go. Um, but all of our uh, other programs, neighborhood streets, uh, streets for schools, or streets for you, if that with the new program, they're all uh, COVID-friendly programs. So they are safe and they are a good alternative um, uh, for folks who are reluctant to. Right, but with the office program, of course, the uh, organizer, whoever that might be from whatever company, chooses the food and then everybody just comes down and looks at the menu and says oh i'll have a burger with fries or oh i'll have a fried chicken sandwich because we'll offer a few different items for them um and all in all it's been going very well again it's a an opportunity for a little fun in kind of the bleak winter that might be coming up at least here in new england i hope it's not bleak everywhere else uh, but we're known for cold and bleak, uh, so it might be a little bit of ray of sunshine to see a food truck come to your block or come to your office, and that's why we're here. And the other thing, of course, is food trucks are desperately in need of support. They are all small businesses, uh, small business people. Uh, uh, at this point, we're assuming that about we haven't talked to them all, but about 60% of them are no longer in business. We don't know how much longer some of the trucks that are still out there uh, can hang in there. But if you like food trucks, this is a great opportunity to support them um, and uh, also get a good meal out of it. So keep that in mind. It is the holiday season. Uh, needless to say, uh, remember the food trucks when you can. And if you can, check us out at foodtruckventures.com. You'll find a lot of information there. Um, please stay safe and healthy over the holidays, and we'll be back in just a minute. So we're pleased as punch right now to actually find another food truck podcaster in this country. With a, I, I actually love the name of your podcast, Food Truck Scholar, and we're delighted to talk to Arielle Smith. I apologize for the dog barking in the background, but that's kind of the way things are these days, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. It's so nice to meet another food truck podcaster. Well, it's really nice to talk to you. And I'm re let's start, first of all, talk, talk to me a little bit about what your podcast is. It's Fruit, Food Truck Scholar. Um, and you're, if people are looking to find you, how do they find you? Just so we might as well get that right out front. Absolutely. So I'm pretty much on all your favorite platforms. So you can listen to the Food Truck Scholar on Apple, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, you can also go to thefoodtruckscholar.com slash podcast. Perfect. Perfect. So, um, Ariel, I want to get into the background of how you started it and why you started it. But talk to me a little bit first about what is Food, food Truck Scholar? You have a focus. Absolutely. So the Food Truck Scholar is really where 
business food and stores collide. So I've been very passionate as a PhD student about the food truck industry. Um, my dissertation itself is actually about Black-owned food trucks uh, in the food truck industry. And I created the Food Truck Scholar podcast to really talk about the stories of not just Black-owned food truck entrepreneurs, but also the stories behind all of the food truck industry. So many times we, we love the food, we love how the food trucks are designed and the atmosphere they create, but we often don't talk about the stories behind the people who are just doing so much amazing work. So you listen to the Food Truck Scholar podcast, you're going to hear the stories, you're going to hear the lessons that they learned, and you're also going to hear me do some analysis about it. So I'm bringing in some of that scholarly aspect. So I might talk about the history of food trucking. You might hear me talk about the way race and culture and politics play a part in the food truck history. You also may hear me talk about the relationships between food trucks and music and, spe and specifically hip hop, because it's absolutely a connection there as well. Well, I want to I want to I want to delve into all of that. But for, first, let's go back just for a, a moment before we go for, further. Um, so you are you mentioned you're a Ph.D. student. Uh, apparently you discovered in air quotes uh, food trucks while you were an undergrad. Yeah, I've always loved food. I'm, I've been a foodie forever, so I've. I, I should have known I was going to do something about food back then. But, um, you know, we had in Birmingham, Alabama, an amazing food truck scene. And when I was an undergrad at UAB, uh, we had a moment where our student center was being torn down. And so they was bringing in food trucks as part of our meal plan. So I think that was one of the first ways I was exposed to food trucking. And then after that, um, there's a food truck in Birmingham that's quite legendary for Birminghamians and for the state of Alabama, dare I say. And it's one of those things that you can't say you're from Birmingham if you haven't had the truck. And I knew nothing of it. It was a moment at church where my pastor was being clowned and ridiculed for not knowing about the truck. And he's like, what, what, what was what was the truck? It's called Travis Chicago style. They're the first food truck in Birmingham and possibly even the first food truck in the state of Alabama. I know for a fact, Jefferson County, they do um, Chicago style Polish sausages. They do these giant burgers. I, I mean, you know, it's so good. But, you know, you, you, you might have a heart attack after. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but it's a good place to start. That's for sure. If you're going to fall in love with food trucks. Hey, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I love I love fries. So people who listen to my show, they know I love a lot of different food, but I love fries. And so he actually brought the truck uh, to church one day, and that's how I got a chance to experience that truck. And then later on, I went to grad school at Vanderbilt, and my first weekend there, I only had one friend I knew at the time at, in Nashville. And uh, my first weekend to get acclimated to the city, I went to Centennial Park and it was just a ring around the park. It was nothing but food trucks. So it's been a part of my life for quite some time now. Are you still based in uh, in Nashville? No, now I'm based in Indiana for grad school. Um, so talk to us a little bit about um, what you've learned along the way um, about Black-owned food trucks. Is there a difference? Do they face different challenges? Do the owners face different challenges? We do have, uh, I'm based in Boston, and um, I, we did events around the country, and we work, worked with a lot of uh, black-owned, uh, black owners, uh, chefs, 
And you're right. The backstories are amazing. Some of them so amazing. Uh, but tell, tell us a little bit, because you've done a lot of analysis um, and, and looked into the, um, the entrepreneurial spirit. Is it different? Do they face different challenges? Please. Absolutely. So one of the things that really fascinated me about just black entrepreneurship, period, is a lot of times how we even talk about black businesses. Usually when we talk about black businesses, we're talking from the standpoint of failure about why this black business did not succeed or black businesses don't have capital. And they're usually talking about financial and social capital. Uh, what my dissertation does is says, okay, we've, we've talked a lot about what we don't have. We haven't talked about the context of why some of that doesn't exist, but can we also talk about what we do have? And what we realize is that it's not that black entrepreneurs don't have social capital. It's not that they don't have financial capital. They may not necessarily always have enough, and they may not be able to get it from the typical avenues that our white counterparts may have, or other people of color, even for that matter. So we know from the, uh, I want to make sure I get it right, Washington Post in 2014 put out a news article that said when African-American entrepreneurs and when Hispanic entrepreneurs apply for a small loan of about $60,000, that they are more likely to be denied from that loan as their white counterparts, even when the business loan is the same, credit scores are similar, education is the background, and even so far as to say when attire is very similar. So we do know that there is discrimination in banking loan policies. Now, what we do understand specifically about black entrepreneurs in the food truck industry is that they're not always getting the food media attention or the recognition as some of their counterparts and peers. Um, we also know that in some cases, it's very difficult for them to get access into certain food truck parks. I've actually interviewed, a well, not formally for the podcast, but in the time that I, I used to travel the country when outside was open and talk to different food truck owners. Ah, the good old days, right? Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, they would talk about sometimes the, the challenges of getting access into a food truck park and being denied and getting their applications in. So there are some challenges, but there's also very much so victories. I've had the privilege to be amongst different food truck owners that have formed collectives amongst themselves um, and have raised awareness for a lot of great opportunities. Uh, one particular example, going back home to Birmingham, you know, due to COVID, we had to cancel the Magic City Classic. It's our oldest classic in the nation. Instead, a lot of black food truck owners, uh, Simone's Kitchen ATL being the lead one in charge of it, organized the Magic City Classic Never Dies and brought in all of the black food trucks together, hosted it at a black venue. It was, you know, open air, you know, all that great stuff. You could social distance. And it was a very beautiful thing to see. So on one hand, we do have issues of marginalization, uh, particularly when it comes down to, you know, access to capital through loans, bank loans. Uh, and in some cases, when it comes down to spacing, when we're talking about getting the permits, when we're talking about um, making sure that there's space for them to, you know, get access to folks, that can be a challenge. 
Um, but at the same time, there's been ways where I've seen a lot of black food truck owners actually resist and prosper quite well. And I'm very happy to see that. Well, we certainly look for more and a slightly different business in that we book actually book trucks for events. Um, I, I, curious, though, ha, has two things. How has COVID changed things and how has Black Lives Matter changed things? If, if at all, have you seen any changes in the in the um, approach and the ownership by uh, African Americans to food trucks and the industry? Wow, this is a great question. I think one of the things that um, I'll start with, like oldest to like more recent. Um, I think the one thing Black Lives Matter has done um, for the country is for us to engage in a, a conversation about economic stewardship and economic responsibility. So it's not just about buying black, but it's also about, OK, what is the responsibility of a corporation? We're talking essentially about corporate social responsibility to a community. So it's not just that we want to say, yes, support black businesses, but we also want to support black businesses that are pouring back into their communities. Or even if you're not black owned, what are you doing to invest into the community that you're in, that you're actually generating revenue from? Are you hiring people um, that is from that area that may or may not look like you? So when we come with different food trucks, there have been a, a couple of food trucks across the country that's actually taken time uh, to raise awareness about racism and racial injustice and also other forms of activism that we don't immediately think about all the time with Black Lives Matter. And some of them are not even black food trucks. I'll give a case in point. Um, Matt, Best, uh, Matt Bestage, he runs Guac Box here in West Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, he's a white guy. He's a phenomenal dude with an absolutely beautiful spirit and heart. And he takes the time to have on his food truck different stickers. And one of them is a, um, a sign that says Black Lives Matter and to end racism. And, you know, that can spark a conversation sometimes in an area that you're in. Uh, conversely, we also have food trucks that are very passionate about raising awareness about people who are sometimes um, at the margins of the Black Lives Matter movement, specifically about Black LGBTQ and Black trans. I'm thinking about Meals for Heals in Portland, Oregon, the work that she has done for sex workers, the work she has done for the LGBTQ community, specifically LGBTQ of color, the work that she has done to raise advocacy for um, Black trans um, people, as well as for Black farmers in that area, is something that is to be commendable. And she's recently received um, national honors and awards for that. I had the privilege to interview her. I would like to say one of the first media people to interview her a couple of years ago. But that's just a couple of examples with the Black Lives Matter movement. With COVID, um, it goes both ways, to be honest. So you're seeing a wave of food trucks that actually shut down due to COVID. You know, like we see a lot of quite quite a few of them, actually. I would say yeah. I, I, I don't know what your numbers are looking like, but um, probably at least 50 to 60 percent of the trucks in New England are no longer mm -hmm. on the road. And um, I mean, our, we started our program, the Neighborhood Streets program. And, and now this, the streets for schools that we're doing uh, in New England, um, really to save some trucks. I love the trucks. They're our friends. I've been working with them for 12 years. 
Um, and it's horrifying to, to me to see them going by the wayside. And frankly, a lot of our messaging is support your local food trucks. Uh, they don't get any love, at least not in New England, or at least not in New ha in um, Massachusetts, where the justifiably the focus has been on restaurants, um, which we we support completely. But we don't think it has to be either or either. We think you can support food trucks and restaurants and other forms of dining um, throughout this uh, this pandemic. So I apologize, but it was oh, my no. question to you instead. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, Anne-Marie, I think you're absolutely on it. So for, I just want to draw out some of the points that you actually just stated. So number one, a lot of times in media, um, there's a lot of conversation about, well, this is a great time for a food truck. And depending upon where you are, and depending upon how you were positioned previously, then possibly yes, and the ability for you to pivot. But we can't say that every food truck prospered from this because that's not true. We know of food trucks that lost two months worth of income in a matter of a week. I most of them, most of them. Yeah. And we can't forget that a lot of times they're at festivals, like let's say, for example, South by Southwest or Coachella, where they're able to make a lot of money. Sometimes that's really the only major event for some food trucks for the year that really allows them to have their livelihood for the year. That event, what happens? It it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. And they, they put down, you know, thousands of dollars in deposits it has never canceled before, so they never thought that they would ever need, you know, insurance for an event. Next thing they know, not only is the opportunity to make that money back gone because the festival has canceled, but they also lost their the, deposit. The deposit, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a horrifying time. It's going to be very interesting. I'm, I look forward to staying in touch with you. Um, I, I could talk to you all day, actually. Uh, it, it, fascinating what you're doing. We're talking to Ariel Smith who is the host and creator of Food Truck Scholar podcast um, based in uh, Indiana. Uh, very grateful for your time. Really delighted to be in touch with you. Um, you can count on us being back in touch with you. I'd like to hear some of your stories for sure. And I'd like to share some of the stories from the, the food trucks that we work with here in New England. Um, I can't, can't thank you enough. Absolutely. And, you know, there is always a spot for you on the Food Truck Scholar podcast as well. Thank you so much, Ariel. Ariel Smith, Food Truck Scholar podcast. Tune in. Fascinating. Well, it just seems appropriate that um, I, I talked to the young woman who has really basically kept our business and our spirits and our psyche going for the last how many months? Four, I'd say. Four months. Three to she, four months. <laughs> she finishes up this week, and we are, I'm, I'm, I'm begging her to stay, but she's leaving. Um, Taylor Nasuti is our, uh, our, one of the best interns and best people I've had the pleasure of working with over the last 30 years or more. But Taylor, <laughs> you are awesome, awesome, awesome. And I wanted to have the opportunity to talk to you about why you did this internship in the first place, other than you needed an internship, um, <laughs> but also what you got out of it and where you're going and what you learned. And 
Anything else? Please, everybody, welcome Taylor Nasuti, our, our amazing, amazing uh, intern. And I wish she wouldn't leave, but she's leaving. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amory, for that introduction. Um, I was so, am so grateful um, to have Food Truck Ventures um, as uh, my internship and to have these contacts for the rest of my life. Um, so I started this journey with Food Truck Ventures back in August, um, mid-August, actually. And at that point, I had applied to maybe 25 to 30 internships. I was flashback, I was supposed to go to Australia this summer to study abroad, but because of COVID and everything going on with the world, um, it was canceled. And so... I well, wait, to... we, we should also say that you're where you were, are a student. Of course. Um, I am a senior graduating as of December 18th. Um, I'll be done. Uh, my major is sports entertainment event management. And I also have a specialization in event management. At, you're so, at, and you're at Johnson and Wales. I am at Johnson, Johnson and Wales. Providence, Rhode Island. Um, one of the best schools ever. It's so collaborative. My major is amazing. I can do sports, entertainment, or events, or something with all three. I have so many opportunities um, because of my professors, and the school itself is amazing. And they also helped me with my internship journey. Um, so may, may I also say the other 24 who turned you down or didn't hire you was <laughs> our luck, for sure. Our <laughs> luck. Of course. All the other ones, they happened to have these internship positions, and then they took them away super quickly because everything was so unknown. No one knew what was happening. There was no need for interns because they didn't even know if they were going to have their own employees. So I stumbled upon, actually, my mom uh, stumbled upon she was helping me searching on indeed and she was like this is the coolest internship by far that i've ever found and so she was, sent it to me immediately over text and i opened it and i was like that is so unique what an amazing opportunity it was for me because on my resume they're gonna look at it and see food truck ventures and see that i worked with food trucks and during a global pandemic but providing a safe way for people to, for communities to come together it was it's such a unique opportunity and what we do we just put smiles on people's faces and that's the reason I got into this hospitality journey is because I just wanted to make people happy and I wanted to see these events come together and to provide a safe and happy place for people to go and well. to turn to now. You certainly made me happy. Let's put it that way. Very, very happy. And you made a lot of um, our trucks happy. You made a lot of the neighborhoods that we work in happy. Um, just so folks who are listening know, we all our orders are um, in advance online. So we follow all the COVID uh, regulations. But what it, it was, you learned more than how to work with food trucks. Um, oh, for sure. I mean, why don't you describe some of the things that you learned on a day on a daily basis? Actually, daily basis, I would manage all truck documents, book trucks. I spoke to ambassadors, facilitated the social media, handled handled like most of the marketing efforts, where we created flyers, sent out email blasts. Uh, edited the website, posted on Facebook. Manage paperwork, um, manage health departments, paperwork, interns, paperwork, all the other interns. 
training six new interns to take over uh, my job and my duties. And I even got to attend a few of our neighborhood streets events in Belmont, um, mostly to get the trucks in the right spot, but also to enjoy their delicious cuisine. But may I also say it takes six interns, actually, to replace you. So that's that, that alone, we needed six people that you had to train uh, to take your job. Now, seriously, the, she, um, Taylor and I have had a lot of help um, with the Neighborhood Streets program and the new uh, PTO program that we're now doing. But Taylor was the mastermind. Taylor kept my, my head from exploding most of the time um, and, and really um, I couldn't be more grateful. What are, you, what are you thinking will happen next after the 18th of December? Oh my goodness. Well, for right now, I, like I said, the world's so unknown. Um, the crazy thing is for me though, I've met so many amazing food truck owners, um, who some of the food truck owners, this isn't their first job and their only job. They have other things. They have been in other industries and know all these connections. And one of the food trucks actually put me in uh, contact with this entertainment company. And so I've been talking to different companies um, worldwide and Boston, just like seeing where the next steps are. Um, but I really just want to lay everything out and take it day by day because these past few months have been amazing and I've learned so much. But I do, I think I need some time to find out who Taylor Nasuti is herself. Um, and then definitely I can go and find my way somehow and I know I will and I know I absolutely have, will have you and I have so many people behind me who are going to um, make sure I'd be successful in the future but I definitely need some time for myself uh, to find out who I am and what this crazy world has done to us <laughs> that's for sure well and, and interesting we should say also that during this time you also had a couple of health scares yourself and thank god you are healthy you stay that way um, Taylor Nasuti, a, a, a soon-to-be graduate of Johnson & Wales, um, I can't begin to tell you how important you've been to us and to me personally. Um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I can't, couldn't wish you more success uh, than I do, but I also want to be on the record as saying, you come back to us if, you, if, you, if, if, if it takes you that direction. You come back to us. There's an open door here anytime. Well, thank you so much, Emery, and I'm so grateful for Food Truck Ventures, you, Janet, all the other interns I've met along the way um, to make this program successful. And like I said, like all the smiles, it makes it worth it after all, what this world has shown us this past year. Um, just getting those people and those communities together, staying six feet apart with masks on. <laughs> you bet. Together. You bet. And it's interesting, too, because I've never actually met you in person. I know. Just goes crazy. to show that you can do it. You can do it. Well, we love you, Taylor. We wish you nothing but the best, really, and, and, and ha happy holidays, too. Happy holidays to you as well. Have a good one, Marie. Well, that's our truck tales for this month. And to say it's been quite a year is kind of an understatement. You can find truck tales at foodtruckventures.com or on our Facebook page. We now operate as Food Truck Ventures, as we've been saying, uh, and Neighborhood Streets and Streets for Schools and Streets for Good, because uh, we have a bunch of new programs. But yes, I, for one, am pretty happy to be saying goodbye to 2020, even though we're really excited to have developed a new program for food trucks. 
We hope to stay in touch with all of you through the year. We certainly wish you the best of health uh, and sanity in 2021. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of changes, uh, not only to the food industries, the various food industries, and to food trucks in general, but to our world at large. We wish you the best of holidays. We hope to see you or to hear you or to talk with you or to have you listening in in 2021. Stay, as we say, stay healthy and we hope you'll stay in touch. This is Anne-Marie Eigner signing off for Truck Tales at foodtruckventures.com.